Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, happy Thanksgiving. I am still super sick. Uh, I'm actually feeling a lot better, but I sound like hell. But here we are. (laughs) The show must go on. I'm going to try not to cough while I talk to you today. So a couple things. Um, I'm going to bring back the Q&A episodes. You guys liked those. So if you go to the show notes, you will find a link to uh, drop your questions. And if you don't want to go to the show notes, it's just kateanthony.com slash questions. And you can, you'll find a form there. You can drop them in and then I'll bring you some Q&A episodes um, in the coming weeks and months. The other thing that I want to let you know is that Grit and Grace is rock and rolling. It's going so well and the community is so strong and beautiful. And if you would like to join it, I would love to have you. The women would love to have you join us as well. And so head on over to my website, kateanthony.com slash coaching, and you can read a lot more about Grit and Grace. And now for today's episode, I have with me Sean Galanos, who you know on uh, Instagram as The Love Drive. He is a love coach. He's the host of the Love Drive podcast and an online course creator. He teaches intimacy and communications tools for better relationships and more love. I adore Sean. Um, I've been following on Instagram forever. We really had a ball (laughs) recording this episode. I think um, we did more flirting, really, than anything else. (laughs) Hey, man, when you're talking about uh, communication tools for better relationships and more love, flirting is number one. Good God, we don't do enough of it uh, in our in our worlds in the United States. So, without further ado, here is my my flirty conversation with Sean Gallinos. Hey, Sean. Hey, Kate. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited about this conversation. Yeah, it's great. Great to be here. So, one of my favorite things about you, I just laugh. I watch your videos on Instagram. I laugh so hard because you are such, you do what I do in the direct communication, uh, in the world of direct communication. How do I tell my so and so that so and so you say so and so? And I want to recognize that that's not so easy. Well, that's, and that's what I want to talk. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Why is it so hard? Well, it's easy for us, right? Because we're not in the situation. We're not staring at someone and uh, about to disclose something that might hurt their feeling or or that we might experience rejection from. Right. Right. And so that's right. why it's scary, right? So it's mm-hmm. a lot easier. I mean, every time I post something, someone says, easier said than done. And I go, I know. And also, most things in life that are worth doing aren't easy. It doesn't come That's easy. Right. So we have to sort of motivate or invite or sort of, you know, stretch 
the uh, the our comfort zones to mm-hmm. do things that you know are gonna is gonna meet our needs or lead to a more fulfilled existence. Yes, I I hundred percent agree with that. Um, I also think that you know, and, and just in case I wasn't really clear with the with the so and so, what we're talking about is really clear, direct communication. Like, how do I tell someone that I want to take our relationship to the next level? And Sean's answer is always hi, I'm really interested in taking our relationship to the next level, right? And that is so hard. It is hard, of course, when you're when you're face-to-face. But also, and I think you say something, said something about this on your website, that it took, t- like for you, right? And, and for me, like it took a lot of fucking therapy to get there. It took a yeah. lot of fucking therapy to get to a place where you recognize where you're able to be that direct, right? Because it's not just, I'm not just scared that this person is in front of me. I'm also scared by everything else my history, my trauma, my this, my that. We show up to the table with all sorts of stuff. And I think it's more than just therapy. I think it's a lot of experience, right? So for me growing up, I sort of realized it, it kind of all started with me wanting to have more sex, right? And and I was thinking to myself, there must be an easier way than uh, pretending like I want more than just sex to get sex. And we're talking like, this is me at like eight, 18, 19, 20 years old, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I started just asking people like, hey, would you like to have sex? And that's a scary proposition because they might say no. But what you get from the experience of doing something hard is you start to get like a, a plethora of how are people going to react? Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to say yes. Some are going to say, I'm not sure. And some of them are going to say no. But what you learn from all of this is that you are going to be okay, regardless yeah. of what the answer is. So if you ask someone that, that uh, if you tell your person, your partner, that you want to take it to the next level and they say, yeah, I'd love to, that's great. Obviously, that's the best case scenario. You know, We don't really have to prepare ourselves for that. Though there are some people that are scared of actually getting what they want, right? A hundred percent. They're not going to ask. Then you, you might have someone say, well, what, what does the next level actually mean? And then it's like they're putting your feet to the fire a little bit and you have to actually describe the kind of relationship that you want. Or they're going to say, you know, I'm I'm not comfortable with that, or that's not something that I want. And then you have to deal with the rejection, the hurt, the abandon, the oh, this feels a lot like how you know my dad treated me growing up. And you have to deal with that sort of experience. But the more you ask, the more you get the experience, and ultimately you figure out that regardless of the answer, you're going to be okay. That's right, and you're going to get the answer that you need because if you want to take a relationship to the next level and you're not asking for it then you're not getting it. And if you ask for it and they say no, then that wasn't your person to begin with, right? I would much rather know that they're not into what I want sooner rather than later. I think that the hope that people have that I've had is that um, if I wait long enough, they will eventually want what I want or they will ask. And then I don't have to be courageous and I don't have to risk rejection. I see this with friends and with clients who are trying to have really hard conversations in their relationships, in their marriage, you know, around co-parenting or around division of labor, things like that. Right. And if you have never practiced being direct and having direct communication on like the the easy things, right. The more simple things like, Hey, uh, do you want to have sex? Which may not be easy, but it's a lot easier than we need to talk about the division of labor in our household because I'm feeling taken advantage of. Yeah, or the finances are unfair and or you know whatever other sort of more complex issues that might come up. 
Totally. Totally. Um, okay. So let's talk about modern, let's talk about modern dating and getting yeah. back out there. Right. <laughs> I mean, people are, I mean, first of all, we hear all the time, like it's a shit show out there. Is it a shit show out there? I don't know. I don't, I think that, uh, that you, you have to be really careful of confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you, you start thinking that it's a shit show out there, then every negative experience that you're going to have, you're going to say, see, I knew it was a shit show out there. I knew I shouldn't, I, I know I shouldn't be dating. I should just stay home. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to be dating, then you have to put yourself out there. Right. If, if you just are coming off of a bad relationship and you just need some time to rest and recover, there is no rush to get back out there. Like reconnect with your desires, reconnect with your friends, with the things that made you happy, find yourself again. That's awesome. Right. That is totally, and you could be happy single. You really, really can't. Absolutely. But there are, there are people that desperately want connection and partnership and, I identify with those people. I also love connection and partnership. And so you can't do that without putting yourself out there. And to view everything as a shit show is Mm -hmm. not helpful, (laughs) right? I mean, what is probably more uh, realistic is that, man, it it can be really hard to date. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, there are some lovely people out there. They're just not super easy to identify. Mm Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you do have to weed people out and you do have to go on, you know, kind of boring dates and and hopefully you don't have to have too many bad experiences or somebody mistreats you or uh, deceives you or catfishes you. And and I, that that's stuff really hap- rare. It, that's really, right. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's never happened to me, but um, I, I'm also a man dating women mm-hmm. uh, from what I can see on my Instagram. There are people that, have these experiences on a regular basis. Now, I don't know if that's because there's something inside of them or there's some unhealed trauma there. I don't I don't really know what's drawing them to those kinds of people. But for the most part, I want to I want to assume that being catfished is kind of rare. There are a lot of scammers out there, but there's a lot of scammers on Instagram. Like scammers going to scam right. Nigerian princes. We've been getting <laughs> those in our in, in email boxes forever. So don't be surprised. <laughs> If uh, someone tries to scam you on a dating app, it's not personal, right? It's just, right. it happens. Right. I mean, I know for me, like I, it's never happened to me. I have gone, but I have gone on tons of bad dates. I have gone on tons of, you know, questionable dates. I've gone on, you know, some maybe that were unsavory, but I think the longer you date, the more discerning you become and you end up not going on the, all those dates. Yeah, so the way people present, especially if you're meeting people online, uh, the the texting will be very indicative of the kind of person that they are, right? If they try to sexualize the conversation really early on, you know that person is looking for sex. And if you're looking for sex, mm-hmm. great, you've identified them. Go for yeah. it, have fun. If you're looking for something more serious and you and sex is not on the table early on in the mating process, which is also perfectly fine, then you now have some information about this person. Right. Yeah. If they mm-hmm. never ask you anything about yourself on the dating app, they're not going to suddenly just start asking you about yourself during the date. Right. So don't be surprised if they show up pretty much how they were showing up before. Yeah. This is great. I had a conversation. I'm going to tell you a story. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, two days ago, on uh, that, you know, I met on a, the dating app, whatever. And he very quickly wanted to move it to the telephone. And I was like, that's, 
fine, you know, whatever. I usually like to go back and forth a little bit more on the app and then move to the phone. But I was like, that's fine, whatever. The phone being a phone call or a, a phone call, a Ooh, phone call. Okay, bold. Right. I like it. Uh, and that's, I was like, okay, right. And also we sort of moving this along a little, you know, just more information, quicker, fine, less time wasted. So we get on the phone and it was a monologue. It was a, it was a monologue. I mean, I, I literally think I said two things. And then at the end he was like, so I would really like to meet you. You know, this, uh, this, this, this has been great. <laughs> what did you say? It's been great for you. <laughs> I said, oh yeah. And then he said, here's what, here's what we should do. Why don't you just take some time to think about it? And then you can just text me. Hey, Kevin, like, yeah, let's get together. Or, hey, Kevin, actually, I don't think. And he's like giving me the script for how I need to. And I was like, uh-huh. Okay. That sounds great. Sure. Yeah. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. So of course I didn't text him. And then he texted me this morning and was like, um, you know, hey, if you'd like to grab that delicious cup of coffee this weekend, let me know. I would enjoy meeting you for and I was like, how do you know that you would enjoy meeting me? You didn't let me even talk. So I wrote back and I said, no, thank you. <laughs> well, that, that's very nice of you. And also, I, I have to admit, I think that's a little bold to give out your phone number to someone yeah. that you don't know. I think what I've always suggested people to do is to keep it on the app until you meet and yeah. then decide whether you want to share your phone number because then that comes with other stuff. No, I mean, it's true. And also I usually, I usually don't. This one I was like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. And, but I do like to have a phone call before meeting because I like to hear the the back and forth and the dynamic before meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Are I they, think that weeds. It, yeah. What does it weed out? Well, for me, it weeds out whether you're going to ask me questions about yeah. myself, you know, does our chemistry flow? Yeah. Does it, does there a back and forth? Yeah. Also, some people are really awkward on the phone. I mean, yeah. uh, the younger generations would would be appalled at the idea of having a phone call. Uh, I think a lot of people do video calls. Also, yeah. a, little, a little quick FaceTime, just five minutes. Yeah. I've never done it. I haven't either. Uh, but <laughs> so- I, but people do it. So we're two people suggesting that something that we've never done, but people do it a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I'm like, Oh God, that's like a whole, especially for a woman. It's like, Oh, I gotta get, I gotta put my makeup on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me get me out of my pajamas. <laughs> like, and, or not. You know. Or maybe you just, you just do it in your PJs and say, Hey, I'm in my PJs. I'm not doing my makeup. Just FYI. You know, what you see is what you get. That's kind of bold though. I kind of like it. I mean, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> we're weeding people out with our boldness. That's right. If you can't handle me at my worst, ugh, that bullshit. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So dating after divorce. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about like, if you're not ready and people talk about like, let's, you know, finding yourself and reconnecting with yourself. What does that mean to you? Uh, that means that I think in relationship, it's really easy to sort of blend your personality and your desires with that of your partner. Mm-hmm. And you start doing, you start like, you know, maybe not calling some of your friends as much and you start spending time doing other stuff and you sort of maybe don't have time. If you're raising kids, you don't have time to do the stuff that used to sort of light you up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think finding some of that and also strengthening your, uh, you know, your support system. Because when you leave a relationship, that person tends to be a pretty significant part of your support system. And they they no longer can be part of that support system for the most part. I, mean, I know some people that break up and have really amicable breakups and they're, and they're able to still be there for each other in some capacity. 
And I think for the most part, uh, it's it's better to find other ways of getting support and also feeling comfortable and feeling loved and loving and excited about life. Right. And so I think that's what it is. It's like finding the things that light you up that you mm-hmm. actually enjoy doing. Cause there might you might have done a bunch of things that you didn't really enjoy doing. You didn't mind doing them, but you're doing them for your partner. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah pretty common in relationships. And so this is really a time to be selfish and to see like, okay, what brings me joy? What, how can I start building the kind of life that I'm really proud of mm. before I start uh, looking for the external validation acceptance of another person? Yeah. And that's really hard when, especially, you know, so many of my listeners have been in abusive relationships. And I think there's the there's the losing of yourself or like the blending of yourself that happens in relationships. And then there's the losing of yourself that happens when you've been abused, when you've been sort of torn down to nothing. And you want that validation, right? I think it's really valid that you want to find external validation because you've had so little of it. We all need it. We all we all need external validation. So I'm not saying don't get it. I'm, I'm, I'm saying maybe don't jump to the next partner to get it, right? So get it through your therapist, through your friends, through your family members, through community groups, through activities that you like, right? Through meditation, through yoga, through exercise, through all that kind of stuff. You can get it. It doesn't have to come from a romantic partner. For some Mm -hmm. reason, the romantic partner validation just feels better, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, What I always say is I'm like, go date. I think dating is an incredible playground for getting to know yourself, but don't get into a new relationship. And for some of us, that's really hard, right? Like I'm not the best dater. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a relationship person. So for me, dating is like, just like playing the field is like, whoa, what? (laughs) Yeah, I can relate. I'm, I'm really good at like one, two, three dates or let's be together. That's Mm -hmm. like where I play. Like like, the like couple months thing, like that just doesn't work for me. But I do think that you can learn a lot about yourself and what you're looking for by going on dates. Yes. Right. Because you realize like, oh, wow, this is like this person sees me in a way that I've never been seen before. That feels great. And we're not compatible for all these other reasons. But let me grab that and put that on the things of, you know, the values that I find important, right? I want to be seen. I love to be respected. I like when people ask me questions, right? So you start to build the kind of person, you know, that's going to line up with your values. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, if you can, because, you know, what tends to happen, right, is that we see that one thing, especially when we're just getting out and especially if we've been abused, right? You see that one thing and you make up that that is the, you know, that you're in love with them or that like, that's all that they are. And you're just like, oh, everything else, like, I I don't see any of that stuff, right? (laughs) Um, But that's the danger, right? Is keeping your wits about you, keeping your sort of discerning executive function brain online as you're going through the process. I I love it. I love it. I just feel like it's so hard to do sometimes. Sean's face, Sean was like, um... (laughs) No, I get it. I get. It. I I also want to do that. And I, I so I actually sort of struggle with the other things sometimes. I'm too rational, mm. right? I'm too rational. Oh, interesting. And so I'll look at the list and sort of see, you know, do you? Oh, you fit all of this, but then something else crucial will be missing, like passion or or chemistry or romance. And I'll go, okay, well, this, you know, on paper, this is great. So let's just go for this, you know. So mm. there's mm-hmm. all sorts of different mm-hmm. styles mm-hmm. and. 
I just try to remember that I'm every experience uh, eventually will lead me to some sort of learning, some sort of teaching, right? Even if it ends up being a mistake or um, not ideal, hopefully I'm walking away with something. All right. I'm getting myself back online. I'm like learning about myself. I'm grounding myself and I want to start. How do we, how do you discern? This is a really important thing that, that people uh, don't talk about a lot. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the difference between a red flag and a trigger. Uh huh. Right. When you're dating someone new, like how, how do like, right. Like, how do you know? What is the difference? Uh, yeah. So is, is the question that like a trigger is an opportunity for us to look inward at why is this coming up based on my past experience and a red flag is actually something that we need to right. pay attention to. I don't think it really matters that much because for me, I think the red flags are an opportunity to connect, right? So if there's a red flag, if there's a red flag that comes up, give me an example of a red flag. Um, okay. Well, I mean, a, a sort of benign one, I suppose, would be they're rude to the waiter. But um, maybe they show a sign of jealousy. Maybe they show a sign of possessiveness um, really early on. Maybe they show um, uh, they talk, they disparage their ex. Yeah. So any any of those examples, uh, you could actually talk about them. You could say, hey, look, I noticed that you are speaking like really harshly towards your ex. And I'm just kind of curious, like, what's going on there for you, right? So there's an opportunity to deepen your understanding of what's happening rather than to make this judgment call inside, you know, internal judgment without any conversation and being like, you know what? This guy sucks. He's disparaging towards his ex and he is not right for me and I'm going to leave. And mm-hmm. sometimes that might actually be the right call, right? Because we don't mm-hmm. actually know. But if he goes, hey, you know what? I'm, you're totally right. I'm still pretty upset at her. You know, she did some stuff in our relationship that wasn't ideal. I obviously played a part in it, but um I'm still I'm still pretty hurt and I'm still dealing with that with my therapist, right? That's one answer. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. I'll be right? like, "Okay, great. Yeah, awesome." Fuck her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or her. or like maybe call me in a couple of months when you've worked through more of that, right? Because that's still hot for you. Yeah, and you could say are you do you actually honestly think that you're in a good place to be dating right now if you mm-hmm. still have the stuff and and he could say, "Yeah, you know what? You might be right and and uh, let me talk to my therapist about that, and, let, and let's sit on it for a couple of weeks, and and I'll get back to you. Right? That's a great response. Yeah, I love v- that very guy. self, very. So we love this guy. But we want to date now. We're like actually now. I want to date now. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> You're right? Or if it's the guy who's like, yeah, she was you know trash from the beginning, and you talk you talk about her like that if you met her. Okay, now we know where we're at. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this is actually not answering your question. I sidestepped the question. No, I think it's great. This is how you evaluate red flags. Right. This is how you evaluate red flags. Um, And some of them are going to be deal breakers. Right. Like, I hate kids. Okay. Well, I have kids. So this is not going to work. Right. Or like, I'm allergic to cats. That's kind of a tough one because there are pills that you can take for that. But um, the the triggers, uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, because it's like you're doing. They, they may be doing something that triggers you, but you know the way I think of triggers is like I have a wound that's like an open sore, and if you bump on it, it's going to hurt. But if yeah. you bump on, if I if you bump someone who doesn't have a wound in that place, it's not going to hurt them, right? So, um, you know, it's still my wound. 
So yeah. that's not that's not your fault, right? So and, I the, yeah, I think the answer is uh, again. This, the answer is always going to be bring it up. How do they respond? Yeah. Oh, I'm really sorry. I had no idea. You know, thank you for sharing that with me. I'll be more mindful in the future. You know, now I know that that this is kind of a like a sticky spot for you, or or like a hurt spot for you. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, "Wow, that's like fucking lame." You uh-huh. know, that's unfortunate. Not my problem. Like, not my problem. Yeah, you should probably talk to somebody about that. Right. So, yes. Then you learn more about. Yeah, because all of this, everything that you're saying is like every conversation is an opportunity to learn more, right? Because you may see a red flag, but then when you turn it over, either it's still red, it's like glaring red, or yeah. it's like, oh no, actually, that's a green. That's pretty green. Oh, it's oh, it's part of a a pride flag. It's all full yeah. colors. <laughs> I mean, I learned that flag. I learned that from my therapist a long time ago. He said, "The more you communicate, the more they communicate." For the most part, right? I mean, some people they're so shut down that you communicate, they won't they're they won't be able to talk. And then that gives you some information about whether you want to continue being in a relationship with someone like that. Cause that might be really hard if you are the kind of person who wants to connect on an emotional level and you find yourself with someone who is shut down or just not really doesn't have that part of themselves developed, that might be really hard. Right. Yeah. So, but for the most part, when you talk about something, they're gonna have to respond. And no response is also a type of response. I love that. You and I are on the same page about communication. Like it's literally all about communication, no matter what. It simplifies everything, doesn't it? It really then you don't does. have to be in your head trying to figure everything else or everything out on your own. You could bring the other person into it. And we spend so much time. Like, what did he mean by this? He said this. And what did he mean? I don't know. Ask him. Well, it's like what we were talking about at the beginning about, you know, having these hard conversations uh, with people where we might not have had the experience, right? We're just not used to doing it. Um, If you're starting over, this is a great opportunity for you to start with more communication, more clarity than you're used to. Because what what happens when you do that is you set the bar. This Mm -hmm. is how this relationship is going to go. We are going to talk about stuff. Right. That's right. That's right. If you're going to be with me, <laughs> I mean, certainly, if you're going to date me or you, Sean, like you're going to, communication is going to, we're going to be direct about it. That's it. There's no other way around it. There's literally no other way. And if you're not into it, cool. That's great. Thank you for, for letting me know. This is, you know, this is not a good fit. Yeah. And I wish right. you the best of luck. And now for a quick word from our sponsor the all new, fully revised Should I Stay or Should I Go? After three years of this program existing in the world and changing women's lives, I decided to give it a full makeover. The all-new version has all-new videos, a podcast-like audio stream if you want to take the work on the go, and completely updated resources for deepening your learning. The program consists of six core modules, the first of which is Who Are You?, This is the section in which you dig deeply into your own personal development and get in touch with your inner guide, slay your inner critics, mine for values, and learn how to set healthy boundaries. The second module is how you learn to love and helps you understand your attachment style, love languages, and how to properly love and care for the most important person in all of this, yourself. Module three is called, Why Are Women So Exhausted?, and breaks down some of the issues around toxic masculinity and male entitlement, the myth of being a stay-at-home mom, and answers the question, 
He's fine. Why can't I just be happy? Module 4 is all about understanding abuse and includes videos on trauma bonds, understanding the cycles of abuse, particularly how they play out in your own relationship, and addresses addiction, infidelity, and mental illness. Module 5 is all about healing and moving forward and includes videos about therapy, couples therapy, healing from betrayal, emotional regulation, and grief. This section also includes my 90-minute workshop, Tackling Codependence, as well as my signature relationship inventory that will help you gain complete clarity on all the parts of your marriage and figure out what's his and what's yours. And Module 6 answers the question, is the grass really greener on the other side? With in-depth videos on dating, cultural and religious isolation, and what happens if you end up alone forever? Spoiler, you probably won't. Whether you decide to stay or go, this program will set you up for a lifetime of clarity and fulfillment. And if you've already decided to go, the program will help you unpack all that's happened and help you heal so that you can move forward without repeating the same mistakes that got you here in the first place. This program is priced super low at just $697. And if you use the code PODCAST, when you check out, you'll get $50 off the full price. What are you waiting for? You have been agonizing with this decision for long enough. It's time to finally know, should you stay or should you go? And now back to our episode. Fear of intimacy. Uh Like what, what does that actually mean? We say that people have a fear of intimacy. I know you've said that in the past, you know, you had a fear of intimacy and I guess for different people, I guess it's different for everybody, but I wonder I wonder what's what could un, what's underneath it, right? Because are we really scared of being intimate? Are we really scared of being close to somebody? Or are we scared of being hurt again, right? Like where? What are the walls? What are they made of? Yeah, I think we're scared of. I mean, intimacy is closeness, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. Emotional, physical, spiritual, intellectual. The, the closer we can get to people on multiple different levels. Uh, the more intimacy we're going to build together. Uh, also, the more we we risk being hurt, right? Because someone, you know, when when we're opening up to somebody, we are being vulnerable. We are showing them parts of ourselves that we don't show everybody, mm-hmm. right? And, and we shouldn't really just be wide open all the time because we don't know who we're opening up to, right? Right. And so we right. reserve that for like the inner circle, right? And there, there's no one closer in the inner circle often than your intimate partner, right? your romantic partner. Um, and so you open yourself up to a level that no one ever really gets to see. And so you feel exposed and you feel vulnerable. And then if they leave you, that can feel like a devastating amount of rejection. And like that person saying, you have opened up to me and I do not like what I see. Mm. And so, yeah, that's scary. Mm-hmm. That's really scary, and it, of course, it's probably you know connected to our childhood and our attachment stuff and our wounds and our experiences. And uh, I think it is you know intensely difficult to open yourself up to really truly be seen at that level. And so I'm not surprised when people yeah. are, are are scared of intimacy, or, or if even I am yeah. scared of intimacy, especially if you're you're with someone who might not have the track record yet to show you that they are trustworthy. 
you know, or they 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 are deserving of your openness, mm-hmm. right? That's why I want I caution people to open up slowly over time. Yeah, this whole wide open right from the get go for me is a is uh, is a red flag. Mm. You know, it's, so it's, why is that a red flag for you? Well, because first of all, you don't know me, so you don't know that I'm a safe recipient for all of you. Uh, and second of all, it feels inappropriate because you know if you're wide open from the get go, I uh, I haven't given you consent, right? I'm not a willing participant in this openness. Hopefully, mm. the openness is reciprocal. Right. Right. And if someone's just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm an open book. I put, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm just, that's just who I am. You just deal with it. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm not into it. Maybe you should find another heart on their sleeve kind of person. Then that will be reciprocal. It'll also be a train wreck, but maybe, okay. maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe it's the perfect fit, Matt, match made yeah. in heaven. I don't know. Yeah. But for me, I open up. I open up fairly slowly. But I'm also not. I mean, there are some things that I open up fairly quickly about. That, but they aren't things that you can use to hurt me. Mm. You know, like the fact right. that I have her. I have herpes. I got herpes like a year ago. I talk about this often. This is something that would people would have a really hard time disclosing because they might feel rejected or whatever. But like, you can't hurt me by saying like, "Ew, you have herpes." I'd be like, "Yeah, big deal." You know, right? So right, there's a difference. Right. Uh, there's a difference in between like sharing some stuff and then sharing other stuff that's more that's mm-hmm. more vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! I was gonna say something about that before you. Uh, before I drop the herpes bomb. Before on you me. drop the herpes bomb, Jesus, Sean. Hey, everybody! If you yeah. have herpes, it's okay. Just it's join totally the fine. There's billions yes. of us. There are billions of us, and also, um, it's important to disclose that. <laughs> like you know, yeah, like well, if yeah, you're, you, you have, have to, you have to, you have to. It's, it's yeah. part of it's part of the burden that you might must now bear mm-hmm. as yeah. a sexually active adult. That's all it really is. I like the idea of about it being the opening up process being reciprocal. I mean, certainly someone might open that door a little bit more, yeah. right? And you know, first or or whatever, but. And and as long as you're sort of keeping right that discerning part of your brain online, um, that I also very much struggle with, um, you're you'll notice, right? Oh, we there is this feedback loop. There is reciprocity in how we're how we are unfolding. Someone has to go first, for sure. Right. Right. And when, <laughs> right. You, know, you can't play chicken, someone's gotta go first. Uh, but if you're always going first and they're not disclosing, then that's something to pay attention to. That's hopefully your discerning brain is still online. Right. Cause that, um, that's a red flag. Well, yeah. And also, uh, the discerning brain goes out the window when you fall hard for someone. Yeah. And so falling hard for someone is also something to pay attention to. Say more right. about that. Well, like what, we, ha- like what, what are you falling in love with? What mm-hmm. are you falling for or into and also you know is is this a repeat of an old pattern that feels familiar yeah yeah right. i've heard it said and i think this is this is true that the brain actually doesn't like know the difference between ex- like excitement and anxiety and very often or you're like very often what you're feeling is anxiety that this person is actually mirroring some kind of trauma 
Um, but we feel like, oh, I'm excited. I've got like butterflies and yeah. your brain is actually like, no, no, no. Terrified, terrified, terrified. <laughs> terrified, terrified, terrified. But the message just isn't quite getting right. Cause it's just, it's, it's an amygdala response, but it's just translating perhaps incorrectly. Well, and on the flip side of that, you know, if you're uh, newly out of a relationship and you are scared of getting back out there, maybe it's not anxiety. Maybe it's just a little bit of excitement about the fact that you're about to meet total strangers. Yeah. With the hopes of maybe making out with one of them, right? <laughs> oh, that's cool, but also a little making scary. Out. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Gotta make out. You gotta, is the make out good, you know? That that needs to be um assessed, I think, early. Pretty I mean, what do you think about kissing on the first date? Uh yeah, you know, I I've been moving away from the kiss on the first date. You know, mm. sometimes I'll wait two, three dates. I really want to figure out do I actually want to kiss this person? Right. Do I want to see them naked? I ask myself these questions, right? When I go on these dates. All right, here we go. Here, here's the question uh, to figure out whether you want to continue dating somebody. Okay. okay. Here's this is the question that you ask yourself. Do I like them enough to see them again? That's it. That's mm-hmm. the only question you really have to ask yourself. And and if they're kind, okay, if they're if they're unkind and disrespectful, you probably don't aren't gonna like them enough to see them again, right? So Hopefully, as a baseline, we're looking for people who are kind and respectful. That's mm-hmm. sort of a baseline. I want, mm-hmm. I want at least that for everybody. Yeah. And then, do I do I like them enough to see them again? Do I enjoy spending time with them? Was it fun? Did they ask me questions? Did we enjoy ourselves? Was it a little weird? Okay, that's fine. But was it still good? You know. Yeah. And and then, uh, do I want to kiss this person? Not do I want to kiss to signify that that they like me. That's exactly what I was about to say, right? It's like, and also like discerning, like, okay, do I like them right enough to see them again? Yeah. Not like, do I think they like me? Like, does he like me? Does Who he like cares? me? Does he like me? Right? Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They do, will let you know if yeah. they like you. Mm-hmm. You know, if they decline going on another date with you, then you'll know that they didn't like you enough to go on a second date or third or whatever. And on that note, please try not to take everything so personally. <laughs> if someone doesn't want to go on a date with you, it doesn't mean you're a bad person or you're undesirable, you're unattractive. You are just not a good fit for them. That's mm-hmm. all it means. Right. 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 You're Hawaiian pizza and they don't like Hawaiian pizza. Do you like Hawaiian pizza, Sean? I, I don't mind Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> I won't order it, but if it's there, like, I mean, I think when I was younger, I, I liked Hawaiian pizza with ranch. I won't go out. Oh of my, my God. I know. <laughs> Wow. I got some weird tastes. I'll tell you that, Kate. Wow. Hawaiian pizza with ranch. Yeah. So if someone rejects you, try not to take it so personally, even though people will say, well, it is personal. They don't like me. And it's like, okay, you can choose to see it that way. Or you could just choose to to see it as this isn't a good fit. Right. Right. That's a lot easier on the soul, by the way. It so is. My therapist used to say, God, you know, you're, you know, you're so busy taking their temperature, so busy trying to figure out if they like you that you're forgetting to take your own temperature. What yeah. do you do? You like this person? Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> no. You have to, actually. yeah. You have to ask yourself this, you know, at every step of the way. Do I want to kiss them? Do I want to see them naked? Do I want them to see me naked? Do I want to touch them? 
Do I want to move in with them? Do I want to go on a vacation with them? Like it's more about what do I want? And mm-hmm. here's the best thing. It, this could feel a little selfish, right? And you know, people are like, well, what about them? What if everybody just figured out what they wanted mm-hmm. and were responsible for their desires? And then all we had to do was find people where the desire matches. Yeah. Then everybody's taken care of. That'd be great. A little esoteric, but you know. No, no, no. I get it though. I get it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> there's a there's a great book called Slow Sex by uh Diane Richardson, not the founder of One Taste in San Francisco, the weird orgasmic meditation cult. Yeah. Yeah. Something Ooh. for you for you all to look up. But but a different a different <laughs> Diane, looking it up. Different Diana Richardson who wrote a book called Slow Sex and uh the whole one of the premises premises is um that in sex let's just focus on our desires and as long as both partners are doing that and only focusing on what feels good for them then you're going to have a good sexual experience so that's interesting because i would have thought that also the op does the, the opposite also right if i am focused on ple- if you're each focused on pleasing the other sure right aren't we that's both your book's have- premise <laughs> Sex after divorce, <laughs> pleasing the other. Listen, I don't, uh, but what the fuck do I know? But <laughs> no, I kind of like the other one better. I like, I like, to, I like I mean, it's a little, better. It's a little, it's a little selfish. It's a little selfish, a little weird. But if, but if you know that you, the other person is also doing what feels good to them, then yeah. you can't go wrong, right? That's right. That's right. Again, esoteric like topics a little deep little l- neo tantric that's what well, that's that's my that's my jam <laughs> the deep the deep and esoteric is my jam um well since we're already there let's talk about sex nice yes good, good transition you even have a course on sex yep i haven't done it in a while haven't hosted it in a while but it's yeah i did it a couple years ago it's and still so, available if you want it. You can just go and buy the recording. I mean, first of all, what what are your thoughts on, okay, you're dating, you're actually looking for a relationship, sure. right? So what are your thoughts on timing of sex? Do you have one? Do you think? Yeah, I really dislike any sort of timing, you know, guidelines. Yeah. Uh, okay. the, the best guideline is, uh, do I want to? And do mm. they want to, right? Mm-hmm. And so can, can we line up for that? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that if you have a history of sleeping with people early on and them losing interest, you might consider trying waiting a little bit. And if you have a history of waiting so long that people lose interest, then you might want to try speeding it up a little bit. Of course, <laughs> you have to, as long as you're in comfortable, your comfort right? zone. In your right. comfort in your zone. Comfort in your comfort zone. zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the timeline to me, like I've had girlfriends where we waited, I, I'm one of, one of my exes, we waited eight months. Yeah. Good Lord. I mean, she was in a relationship with somebody else. Okay. <laughs> it was an open relationship. Okay. But, but, okay, the, but the, the deal was that she wasn't allowed to sleep with me for quite some time until they got comfortable enough, you know, her, okay. her partner. And so we waited eight months and then we were in a fantastic relationship together. I've had girlfriends where we slept together on the second date mm-hmm. and we had fantastic relationships together. Mm-hmm. Or I had uh, my most recent girlfriend, we waited, uh, I think it was like the, the eighth date. Mm-hmm. We didn't kiss until the third date. You know, yeah. there's no real rhyme or reason. I think, do you, you know, do you feel comfortable? Do you feel excited to have sex? Yeah. And also maybe try not to put so much pressure on the the encounter. 
<laughs> especially if it's your first time having sex with someone after your relationship ended. Yeah. You know, and we're talking about people who have been in, in marriages or relationships 10, 10, 15, 20 years. And maybe haven't had sex in years. It's going to be awkward. Yeah. It might, it might be awkward. It might be awkward. It might also be fucking fantastic. It might be the best thing ever because your partner was uh, neglecting you sexually. And now you have found some younger model who's all about pleasing you or even an older model, whatever, regardless of the age of the model. <laughs> and I and I like the idea bringing that like going into it, getting your needs met, right? Like going into it, tr- pleasing yourself. Yeah. What right? do I want to get out of this encounter? Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to go slow. Also, like just because you're getting naked with someone doesn't mean you actually have to have sex with them. Mm -hmm. Right. You could do, you could do like a massage exchange. You could just cuddle. You could just do some oral. Like it doesn't have to go like quote unquote all the way. Mm -hmm. Um, You Mm -hmm. could reserve penetrative sex for later, or maybe you're in a homosexual relationship or a lesbian relationship where there is no penetration. Like you don't have to go through the like the, the heterosexual trope. Of like right. make out we oral make out, penetration, touch, right? Yeah, pastrami sandwich or whatever, you know, like <laughs> roll over and snore, <laughs> roll over and snore. Yeah, hit your vape or something. I don't know. Right, <laughs> we used to it used to be a cigarette. Now it's a vape. That's right. <laughs> Yuck! Oh my I god, know, I a little mango love... mango cream after is nice. Oh, is that a vape flavor? <laughs> All every flavor you could think of is a vape flavor. <laughs> Strawberries and cream. Hawaiian pizza with ranch. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Gross. Yeah, I used to love to smoke a smoke a cigarette afterwards. I know. That was back I in know. the day. Back what in about the day. smoking on planes? That was fun. Oh my God. Because <laughs> there was a non-smoking section that wasn't like infiltrated. In the back. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. The best. Well, one one thing I want to say about mm-hmm. uh getting naked with someone is uh you might not feel comfortable about your body mm-hmm. or how you look. And what I want to say is that most people are going to be just over the moon to have sex with you mm-hmm. and to see you naked. So if you're dating someone and they're like actively being nice to you and kind and respectful and you know, you're know you enjoying making out with them and they want to have sex with you, they're going to enjoy seeing you naked and having sex with you. Wow. Right. I love I, lo- I love that idea because I've never really thought of it that way. Like if they're already into you in all of these other ways, they've been imagining you without your clothes on. They're already right. They're not. They, they want it. They want to see it. They want to see it. And, 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 and it's probably not perfection. Right. Because we yeah. that doesn't exist. Whatever that means. Well, we're just not 20 years old anymore. OK. Right. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Love, bless. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, when I was 22, I was dating a 32 year old, and she said, Youth is wasted on the young. 100%. And I didn't get it. No, we don't get that till we're older. I get it now. <laughs> That's the whole point. 100%. I get it, I get it now. Oh so my, just try to enjoy my. getting naked. It, it can be very vulnerable, mm-hmm. but also it can be incredibly exciting to like take your clothes off for the first time with somebody. Yeah. Live it can freeing. Be- freeing experience. And if you don't feel like it's a freeing experience and if you're feeling like uncomfortable, then like it's okay to slow it down. Slow it down, turn the lights off, jump underneath the blankets. People want rules and there are no rules in this kind of thing. You know, do what do what you need to do. I love it. Anything else that you want to tell people getting back out there? Uh, try to have fun. It's supposed to be fun. 
It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, it's supposed to be fun. That that I think you need to remember that it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be anxiety inducing all the time. Mm-hmm. A little bit of fear is fine. Meeting new people is should be fun. Yeah. And if you're not having fun with someone, then that's a great indicator that they're not a good person to have fun with. And find someone to have fun with. Do it scared. Ooh, say more. Yeah. If you're a little scared, do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not talking about like alarm bells scared. Right. Like trigger warning scared, pushing through trauma scared. Right. But if no, you're a little do anxious that. and you're a little fearful because you haven't done it in a while and it's like super new and just do it anyways. It's kind of hotter, isn't it? It can be hot. It can just be also a little awkward and it's okay for it to be a little awkward. But yeah, I guess it's hot. I mean, fear, yeah, fear is sexy. Ask me when the last time I had sex, Sean. (laughs) When was the last time you had sex? Everything's hot. (laughs) When was the last time you had sex? Oh my God, I don't remember. Oh God. Yeah, I think pre-pandemic. Okay. Yeah. What are you scared of? Huh? I am, I'm not scared because I don't want sex, right? Okay. I'm not interested in sex. Like if I just wanted to have sex, I, I would, I could do that. Yeah. No problem. Um, I I'm looking for, you know, my partner, my person. So sex is not the, the priority. Okay. I'm also menopausal. Like literally it's not a priority. Right. So like, it's not even like a, it's like, eh, okay. Yeah. So I'm not afraid of, of anything. It's just not what I want. Right. Yeah. And so okay. I haven't yet met someone that I want to do that with. Get that naked I want to un- that I want to get naked with. That you want to undress in front of <laughs> with the lights on, being vulnerable. <laughs> oh my god, the lights on? Do the they have opening. to be? Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah. You can do it. Okay. Just do it. Well, do it during the day, and then you don't have to worry about the lights. Then I don't have to worry about the lights. <laughs> There's no choice. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, I just haven't, haven't, haven't found that yet. And yeah, there is sense. fear for me too in, um, I think I have a story around this. Um, my listeners know this, right? I have a story around, you know, men in LA and it's hard to find in my experience so far, it is hard to find emotionally intelligent men who have really done the work, who have engaged in the kind of therapy that um, that I think is necessary to be in a in a long-term relationship to for, with, with me, certainly, you know, I have a level of expectation um, of a partner. That's, that's, that's pretty high. Yeah. Well, pe- people in our line of work often have elevated expectations about the kind of partners that we want. Yeah. Do you know right. John Wineland? I do not. Oh, he's like sort of a esoteric Tantra guru. Oh, okay. And he does a lot of men's work. So you might consider hanging out outside of his retreats. <laughs> And meeting guys. Done. <laughs> and he lives in LA. John, lives... John Wineland, you say? Yeah, yeah, John... <laughs> or, or, you know, once I start doing my retreats, you can come and hang out at the retreat, you know? I definitely, I would love to. I would love to. Do you work with men a lot, Sean? I don't. Like... I don't. 90% women. I know. I mean, I did a group. There was 100 people in my group. There was like seven guys. Right. This is the problem. Um, this is, is the, the problem. problem. I know. And people are like, who's doing the men's work? And everyone I know who wants to do the men's work is ends up working with women because they're the ones who want to do the work. Well, even uh, people that do men's work, their audiences on Instagram are 50, 60, 70% women. You know, you, you really yeah. have to find the like performance junkies and optimization 
uh, folks to find like, I know <laughs> you wrinkled I your know. nose. Kate wrinkled her <laughs> nose. I so wrinkled my nose. Cause that just feels like I'm not, I'm not into bro culture. So that like, you know, I feel like there's a good mix with maybe uh, men that do yoga or meditate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, meditation retreats or meditation centers or yoga. A lot of men do yoga. A lot of Here, men do yoga. in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A totally. lot of men do yoga. Some of them are emotionally intelligent. Some of them are. <laughs> not all of them. Just not like the, not all women who do yoga are intelligent. Are emotionally the, intelligent. Exactly, exactly. I guess I should, um, maybe I should be doing more yoga. Maybe that's what I need to be doing. Yoga or just hanging out outside the yoga studio. Yeah, right. You I don't know? actually have to do it. <laughs> exactly. That's That's been my move, you know, hang that, out outside of you, places. Is that that's what right. you do? That's is what that I mean. <laughs> No, I don't know. What do I do? I go to, uh, where do I meet people? I meet people online on Hinge. Mm -hmm. okay. um, I have met I, my ex-girlfriends. I met two online. I met one at a sex party. So there's some, yeah, edgy. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, very edgy. Okay. And then uh, I met one at Burning Man. Okay. And then I met one at a party. Actually, I, I, I meet them at parties or online. Hmm. Okay. That, that's, that's my track record. Parties and online. I, I mean, think I'm like, gregarious yeah. guy so i like going to parties and stuff yeah events festivals yeah. festivals that sounds yeah. like that's a lot for me that's well, a lot of a festival could be a, like a yoga festival mm, okay know, with like okay. 100 people not right not like coachella not like or something coachella. yeah i would oh my god my no no we have to broaden our, 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 you know, our understanding of the word festival. My sense, like my central nervous system just went. <laughs> no, but community events, I think, is a great place to meet people where there's new people kind of come in on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So dance events or, you know, ecstatic dance or all sorts of stuff mm. to do. I mean, That's if you live in LA, there's also, I mean, there's stuff everywhere to do. Yeah. There are literally people everywhere. No matter where you live, there are people there that you could possibly date. I remember when I first, when I first got single, uh, when I first got divorced and, and that was sort of the, like, everyone's like grocery store, the grocery store, like everywhere, like they're, they're everywhere. And I would go to my grocery store and I, and I was like, you know, not unattractive. I was actually, I was actually pretty hot when I first got divorced too. I was like, I was out there. I could not, like nobody was checking me out. Nobody, I couldn't can't make eye contact with everybody. And then I realized that I literally live in the most married town in Los Angeles. <laughs> I live in a town in Los Angeles where people go when they get married to have kids. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. You got to go to, I don't know, where Echo Park or where? Yes, people... exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Silver yeah. Hills or Silver Lake. Silver, Silver Lake. Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Los in Eagle Fellies. Rock. Okay. I'm in the I'm in in Eagle Rock, which is where all the hipsters from Silver Lake go when they get married and have kids. <laughs> that's okay. An okay. Echo Park. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, I just had was one stop over. Now you know. Go to the other Whole Foods. Exactly, and go back to Rock and Ralphs. There's, you know, about Rock and Ralphs. No. There's a there's a Ralphs with a grocery store. And uh, I think it's the Kroger chain. And uh, there's one in Hollywood, like on, I think it's on Sunset Boulevard that's called Rock and Ralph's. Cause like you go in there and it's like, you know, at three o'clock in the morning and everybody's like coming home from the Viper room and they're all fucked up and they're cool. <laughs> doing their grocery shopping. I saw like Lawrence Fishburne there. <laughs> like there's just, it's like a total, yeah, Rock and Ralph's. 
Yeah, go there. That's maybe not my not people. At, maybe not at three a.m. Maybe not at three in the morning. We don't really. We don't really know what our people is, you know, because like our type statistically like hasn't really panned out if we're single. <laughs> so maybe try a different type. Yeah, three a.m. Viper Room returnee or whatever. You never know. Love works in mysterious <laughs> ways. I'll let you know how that one goes. Okay. <laughs> I'll set my alarm. I'll have gotten like six hours of sleep at that point. And yeah, yeah. You can you can go to yoga after. You can do an early meditation. I can do like early morning yoga after my rock and Ralph. I love it. I love it. I'll check back in with you on that. Please do. Sean, thank you so much for coming on. You're awesome. I just, yeah, so appreciate this conversation. It was an honor. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.